all you seekers, explorers and renegades out there. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Alchemy Experience podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Lemke. When we sleepwalk through life, we tend to be spoon-fed all the information and all our, all our beliefs and so forth, whether that being through the media, our upbringing, uh, religion, society, governments, political affiliations, etc. Now, when we start asking questions, that's when uh, the fireworks start to fly, and typically the people around us find that rather dangerous because we now start thinking for ourselves and forming our separate opinions that may not be conducive or in alignment with, uh, you know, our previous political affiliation, religious affiliations, and so forth. But it is when we start asking ourselves the fundamental questions of life. Who am I? What's my purpose? And so forth. That uh, we really start releasing ourselves and freeing ourselves from the bondage of uh, others, the thoughts of others, rather. I use the question in my coaching business as a uh, as a tool for people to reflect on themselves and start to really bring out uh, the the aspects within themselves that have. Uh, they've allowed to remain hidden for so many years. So I actually provide a uh, two A4 sheets of uh, questions to all my new clients that they have to reflect on before uh, the first session, just to get the, their process uh, going and for them to start finding within themselves that they are actually the, uh, the vehicle for their own living experience. In life, when we perpetually uh, ask ourselves questions, it sometimes feels like we're chasing our own tails. But it is important in order to evolve and uh, develop as a human being to continuously question our own motives, uh, even when you're far down that, uh, <laughs> that path of uh, self-realization. So I hope you will enjoy this discussion where we challenge ourselves uh, intellectually and philosophically to uh, see how we can question ourselves in a better way so uh, I hand it over to uh, our discussion enjoy uh, Noam Komsky the uh, famed philosopher said I was never aware of any other option but to question everything and I suppose as for him as a philosopher that is the process you asked and I, for, I think for a lot of us, the, the awakening process, if you like, whether you awaken to the uh, injustices of society or the uh, problems with uh, politics or governance, or if it's you know spiritual awakening, uh, whatever it may be, that awakening starts with a question. Does it have to be like this? Who am I? You know, what's my role? Um, those kind of big questions then leads us down that path of uh, questioning. Because once you ask a question, in my experience anyway, I find that every answer I get, I get another 10 questions. Um, and with every time I find an answer, I have to question that answer in itself. You know, does, is that my truth? Is that my authenticity? You know, is that authentically what I feel or think? Or, and I think when we do find those answers, we do 
kind of graduate uh, into a new existence or a new reality or a new awareness um, where we have to question that too. So, you know, if, if you have a mindset and then you find that that mindset has some flaws in it, then it's the bravery, bravery is in being able to question uh, that in itself again. Um, and I, I think it's when you start out, it's kind of easy because you look at the programming and your upbringing and all the uh, stuff that society has told you, you know, uh, for example, do I have to get married and have children? You know, that might be one of those questions. Uh, and it's, they, they tend to be quite binary and it's like, yes or no, right? What, what, what works for me? What's, what's appropriate for me? But as we go further down the line, as it were, um, I think it becomes more and more challenging when you start asking questions and uh, kind of finding your truth. And that's what it's all about, is finding your truth. And as I've described in uh, uh, an article on my blog, uh, you know, truth is a paradox. Because my truth 20 years ago in any given topic is not going to be my truth today. So even for myself, truth is a paradox, but truth is also a paradox as I compare it to other people. Because we can all you know, look at any given topic in society or religion or politics or you know, any topic uh, or any experience. Um, there are going to be as many truths surrounding that experience as there are people involved in it. And that's where, in my experience, I feel it's important to question my truth in every experience. Because once I do that, that then allows me to look at the perspective of all the other participants in that experience, what their truths are and get a different perspective. And then also to kind of take, take a eagle-eye perspective of the experience and see, okay, what other truths are there in this experience? What other perspectives am I not thinking of? And I think this is how, you know, philosophers end up with these like groundbreaking kind of uh, mind-altering um, chain or uh, uh, pivots in the paradigms um, or if you you know take someone like uh, Albert Einstein you know question you know the universe and it's in its totality and you come up with all of these different solutions and uh, um, uh, theories and philosophies so it's um, so yeah the process of questioning is the process of evolution I find uh, and the process of evolving. So it, before we start questioning, we have a tendency to make absolute statements. Like, I know what my truth is. Yes, you have, I'm not saying that this is for me, but you know, people might say, yes, you have to get married before you have children. That is you know, a norm, that's a rule to a lot of people. 
but when you question that, then you come up with a lot of different solutions and you say, okay, this is might be my truth, but that might not work for everybody else. So I think that the process of questioning is also a process of being becoming less judgmental and more compassionate. Um, so the process of questioning allows us to become better versions of our or optimal versions of ourselves we we become uh, you know we are able to feed into the collective consciousness more the positive vibe as it were uh, so you have all these different uh, situations with the different awakenings right morning so i think a lot of this is really really important in regards to self-reflection so i think that yeah this kind of regards to trying to see how there are so many things in the world that I think that you had an episode a couple of weeks ago about toxic positivity and also about spiritual bypass. And I think those all tap into what this topic is. And obviously this is a standalone, but it's the idea that somehow people want to be in this kind of a thing of where if I'm in the spiritual personal growth development thing, I'm only thinking positive thoughts. I'm only thinking positive thoughts. Nothing negative can come in. Nothing negative. It's like, there was a movie in the 1990s called American Beauty and the lady who played the wife, she was a real estate agent and she just kept saying, I'm gonna sell this house today. 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 But the problem was the fact that it didn't happen and then she was completely just wrecked and tortured by that. Mm -hmm. So I think that a lot of things have started out from kind of the Norman Vincent Peale who was a trailblazer about a hundred years ago with the whole positive thinking concept but now it's still in the sense of where what you were saying about how your truth from 20 years ago is different. We have to now, I think to me, the people that grow and continue to almost, it's like batter of a, of a cake. If you keep folding in chocolate chips and maybe allow little raisins and maybe allow a little cinnamon and a couple sprinkles of this, and you keep folding it into the batter, your cake is always gonna get better and better and better. But there are a lot of people who are like, nope, this is how I make my cake. Nope, this is it. Nope, this is my cake. This is how I bake it. I've always baked it like this. Always going to bake it like this. It's not going to change. My grandmother's recipe. Grandma's recipe. It's going to be like that. Not going to change it. And I did find that, you know, what happened, like, especially at work, is that there were certain people who might as well have just had like a press play button. Because there was this one guy I used to see all the time at work. And every time he'd see him, he'd go, like, How's it going? How's it going? How's it going? How's it going? And I thought, Do you say anything else? Like, do I just press a button or can I mute you? because it was just the same thing every single time. And our brains are so, that neuroplasticity is so important that our brains have the dendrites and the neurons and the synapses and they're firing constantly. But if you're not adding anything new to it, they stagnate and they atrophy and they die and your telomeres get, get shrunken and that's when you start to age. So to me, I think that questioning everything is totally a format of allowing yourself to have the elixir of youth because having the elixir of youth that neuroplasticity allows your brain to continue being vibrant and, and pink and wrinkled and filled with all of these wondrous inquiries. And it makes a huge difference. Yeah, and it, it does allow us to question our own path as well, because, you know, as we have, I have children and, you know, they obviously bring new things from their generation and, being from a different generation if i was kind of 
like not questioning things, I might say, well, no, that's not right because that's not how we did it in my generation. So therefore it's not right. Rather than looking from their perspective and say, okay, well, this is how they grow up. How can I add some of this, these ingredients into my think and thought process and expand my views on my own existence? Um, and the only way to do that is to question how I do things myself. So you guys have probably heard me before saying that my, my children are my greatest teachers because they do bring that to me. They challenge me to question things that I experience, you know. Uh, and it's, it's interesting because there are things that are very deeply embedded within me, like table manners, for example. You know, I question myself because they obviously don't like to have been told get your elbows off the table and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, why, why do we have table maps? And I had to go through that process. And eventually I came up with, you know, it's a, to me, table manners are about showing, showing a kind of a homage to the, to the food and gratitude to the food. And it's a process of showing that gratitude. Without questioning, I would just have gone and kept telling them to take their elbows off the table without having any reason. It's like, well, because it looks nice. <laughs> Not necessarily the best uh, best reasoning. Thank you very much, Christopher. Hi, everyone. Um, yeah, I do love the subject of the conversation today. And um, I suppose one of, I was listening to the podcast recently with Stephen Bachelor. He is one of these uh, Buddhist scholars, and he is claiming that actually Buddha himself was very, he was skeptical. He was skeptic and he didn't believe. Uh, there is some indication that Buddha himself didn't believe in things like karma or Buddha himself didn't believe in like life after death and things like that. Which, and one of, but it's one of the things that Buddha was claiming in, in his teaching was that um, go and check yourself. Like, don't believe me. Don't believe me that uh, don't believe me that things that I'm talking to you about, like four principles of Buddhism or four main truths, are true only because I'm saying that. Mm -hmm. Go and check. Go and have a look. If you go and practice meditation, make sure you know um, check how does it feel for you. So therefore, I do love those uh, um, Zen questioning and and those, those or very short cons. Like, what is this? Like, who is meditating? What is meditation? And even like when I meditate for an hour or whatever a day, I'm, I'm, I keep asking this question, like, what is the meditation? What am I? Who am I? And constantly checking. So I suppose, I suppose this is very natural tendency for people to hook to something because I think that knowledge and ability to um say that i know something gives us and our ego some kind of level of confidence something to be attached to this you know i'm wearing the t-shirt and i know this is t-shirt you know that that gives us some kind of level of of um navigation in that free 3d world if you like mm -hmm. but on the other hand if you are so attached to your truth that gives you the danger uh, or it can be very dangerous because then you don't, uh, you don't, you, you become less responsive for other people's truth. So it's this thin balance between 
what is helpful for me to navigate in that 3D world, what is helpful for other people, and where is that balance? So I feel there is, you know, but with the questioning you, of... Do you mean that you don't evolve your own... You don't evolve because you don't question yourself. If you if you get stuck in, in or attached to the reality that you're living in, you don't you don't uh, and you don't question yourself, then you don't evolve because you you believe only that which you have always believed. Well, what I what I suppose what I was trying to say that there are various levels of questioning. Like there is ontological questioning. What is it all about? Mm -hmm. Which big to me big questions and there are small questions like this is glass of water you know and i don't want not, not necessarily want to spend all of my life thinking what is this but i do like spending the question you know spending a lot of time thinking what is life what is the meaning of life what is my meaning of life and i kind of i got to the point that i'm in peace with thinking that I don't know what is the meaning of life, but I'm happy to, I'm not even kind of where I'm going with this. Um, <laughs> well, I, the, I, I, well it is, isn't the, the, the contentment where you are in the present moment, that is the, 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 that feeling of peace, right? So you are happy to, allow life to reveal itself to you in, sta in stages you don't need you don't need to when you ask the question who am i for this big booming voice to come down and say you are god you know yeah <laughs> you, yeah you can you can allow the the, the answers to be revealed uh, over time and reveal uh, evolve over time and they what you think today is the answer you might question down the line and uh, then come up with a different type of answer for that particular uh, aspect of it. Yes. Yeah. I suppose this, um, this is a really nice way of saying, yeah, of, uh, of explaining that. And I think it resonates quite, quite well. Mm. Um, and the other thing it's, which I think is really important, it's realizing that we, and I think this is uh, who said that, I think it was BJ Nova, uh, Miller, sorry. I think it, yeah, it was BJ Miller who said that, um, don't believe in everything that you are saying. It's just that constant, we, we have emotions. This is the way Barbie was saying that the brain is very complex, the most sophisticated computer that exists in the universe that is constantly, firing off, giving us emotions, thoughts, perceptions, and what have you. And we, this is the constant, going under constant changes all the time, giving us different thoughts, emotions, feelings. And it's so easy to get attached to your own thought processes mm -hmm. and to attach to this is the, you know, the, this is the way I am. And I always been like that. And I'm always going to be like that. It's so easy to attach to this. Whereas if you having the, this perspective and that this has to this, no, these are just thoughts that are coming and let them pass. So when you let them pass, you detach yourself from those thoughts. So I think um, it's like thoughts 
um, when you meditate and when you are practicing uh, meditation and mindfulness practices, thoughts are like um, thieves entering the empty house. If the house is empty, there is nothing to steal. Mm. So they, your consciousness is not affected. Even if those thoughts might be, I don't know, not, not pleasant, mm. there is, you are not affected by them. Yeah. Because as thief is going to the empty house, there is nothing to steal. So like your consciousness is empty and really and, and full at the same time. So your the, the thoughts don't affect you the way they would normally do. Well um, that those the thieves would then be the meta- metaphor for the triggers. Um, but if you if you work through all the uh, all the stuff in your life, then there is nothing to trigger because that those things that would trigger you don't exist within yourself anymore. So you have that empty house that you're talking about. Well, I think this is one, there are several schools in that. I don't, I'm not claiming, by the way, at all that I'm near that stage because my house is still quite cluttered. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that goes um, for a lot of us. <laughs> but I suppose there is one, there are a few teachings that, yeah, you can basically, an enlightenment is that you achieve that sense that you've got that empty house and mm-hmm. the thieves are coming into, the thoughts are coming, but there is nothing to attach to. Yeah. Or you can actually, yeah, get to the point to realize that you always gonna have those thoughts you always gonna experience that and you meditate actually to live fuller life and then when you have anger coming or when you've got joy coming you can live those emotions fully and you can experience full spectrum of emotions whether this is a pain or happiness or joy or love you just experience this fully but i questioning it i think this is um I th- and, and I think w- what comes to that, uh, coming to the, the, the point of the, the conversation today, I think this enables, enables me at least to ask the question, okay, if I feel pain, if I feel sad or sorrow, I can ask, okay, so what is that mm-hmm. message? W- what is that emotion or that negative feeling trying to tell me about my aspects of existence? Yeah. I don't try to push it away then. I'm like, okay, this is experience that I'm feeling. I feel pissed off. What is it? What is it about? What made me feel that way? What is within me that put me in that situation that I experienced those emotions? Yeah. And I think this is kind of the stage that I'm at at the moment. Yeah, you, you invite the thief in to uh, have, a, have a conversation and perhaps the thief yeah. leaves uh, not ne- needing to steal anymore. So, yeah. Excellent. Thank you, Carol. Thank you, Christopher. Um, yeah, so... I think that asking questions and questioning um, uh, are critical and they are, um, so what I think is that uh, we don't come out with the same questions facing um, a situation, a given situation. And, And this fact, the fact that we come out with very unique questions in the way we are wording them in our head or the emotions they triggered into us are um, actually really critical. It's, it's like a compass because they will mirror um, our resistances and also uh, hinted to our patient, uh, passions. And, mm-hmm. and so, and so this, this is an important process 
and I, and I think that asking questions and questionings uh, um, then allows us, and that and that resonates with what Carol was just saying, uh, allows us to maintain a healthy space between what we are learning and who we are. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, this will help us to to prevent that a slippery slope of shifting our identity and mistaking the modality that we are learning, or the situation that is uh, a learning situation, with actually who we are. Uh, for, for for example, um, let's say someone is uh, entering the field of uh, energy healing. So the mistake would be to all of a sudden mistake yourself and saying, I'm a healer. Uh, you are not a healer. You are a multidimensional being with multiple gifts, a unique life trajectory and a golden path behind, uh, before you. And starting to practice healing doesn't make you as an identity, as a healer. You are much more than that. And you can become uh, you can, and what you can become is still to to be discovered. So by asking constantly, asking questions and questioning on how does that make me feel, uh, what does that inspiring to me, um, maintain that healthy space uh, for you to grow uh, according to who you are, and. and um, and so that raises is constantly raising your self-awareness. And um, so I think that asking questions and questioning to wrap up is, is a critical filter mm-hmm. and also an important tool to appropriate your, your own growing path. I don't know. But if, you, if we take this example of your truth is that you are a multi, uh, multidimensional being, right? Um, and someone else's truth is that they're a healer. They are both truths in the uh, in the universe of that experience, right? So they they are the paradox of that the ultimate truth, which is there is no ultimate truth, right? So it's um, do we accept uh, that the person who label themselves as a healer that they experience that label and learn from it or do we try to get them to understand that they are a multidimensional being what do you think about that Nelly? I think that's a very very good point I hadn't realized that I was actually putting something there <laughs> with the uh, the truth that the multidimensional um, you know um, that I do make me realize this is truth to, for me that maybe I should question uh, more um, but um, so yeah there is that paradox and I think a lot flies into that paradox and um, so I can only say that's a very, very good point, Christopher. Thank you. No, and I, I think it's that's part of the process. And it's the, because I've definitely been at the labeling stage myself, you know, the spiritual bypass stage and all of that. And the only way I progressed beyond that into where I am today, whether that is, you know, taking a right turn, a left turn, or going ahead or up or wherever it is. Um, 
mm. is because I've asked the questions. You know, when I, I was in a uh, stage where, uh, where I was spiritually had attained skills, but my, my um, physical experience didn't reflect those values, that's when I sat down and said, what's the point of all this spiritual stuff if I don't actually live this experience full out? What's the point if I don't bring that into my physical experience? And that's when I, that was kind of the process when I kind of got out of the spiritual bypass. Um, you know, there might be that I experienced that still and I need to kind of go back and question again okay, what is my motivation for this? What am I doing with this? What, what's the purpose of this? And constantly questioning. Um, so to me, to me anyway, it, it's always valuable to, when I see someone kind of making mistakes that I've made before, and this includes my children, um, I kind of have to stop myself and ask myself the question, is it my place to to direct them uh, or help them in this situation? Or are they meant to uh, experience their own challenges? Um, because if you experience your own challenges, you are able to uh, course correct in a different, um, different way because you have the direct experience as opposed to having the, someone else telling you, if you do this, you get this experience. So having the experience by proxy. Um, so uh, that's that's part of my questioning process as well. Thank you. I, I just had like um, that fun fact that came back. Uh, yesterday I was listening to one of Craig uh, Braddon's masterclass and um, a very interesting uh, rock solid science discovery that was published in peer-reviewed uh, journals is that the heart the organ is um, cont contains neurons that are actually the same neurons that we have in our brain. Mm -hmm. And these neurons um, are connected to the left brain, uh, more intuitive, etc. Mm -hmm. uh, and so if we ask, if we take this space, we, we give ourselves the space to ask the questions but then try to move our awareness to our heart, then we'll get answers. Yeah. And this echoes what Carol was just saying also about emotions. Mm -hmm. And so maintaining the space of questioning everything, especially when it's something big or that is something triggering you that you when, you, when we are growing, we are we are put at, at we are put at so many testing that we are triggered and we have to come through those triggers and so I think this uh, maintaining this space of questioning and going to your heart uh, is I think is um, beautiful, powerful, and critical. In psychology, we've been talking about um, EQ or emotional intelligence. For quite a while and it's only now that physiology or the the physics of it uh, kind of catching up to understand why we have uh, not only you know uh, 
academic intelligence, if you like, but emotional intelligence. And the emotional intelligence does not sit in the brain. It sits somewhere else. It's in your body somewhere. It doesn't exist in your brain. And now I think part of that research is leading to say that, okay, perhaps it's in the heart because you do have those uh, neurons, uh, brain cells in the heart as well that are similar to that. So it's a very interesting research. And I think Greg Braden was uh, actually the one who taught me. And I think a lot of you have seen that, uh, you know, when you have an important question, you know, put your hand on your heart, bring your awareness to your heart and ask that question and you will feel the answer. And this is part of the practice that we have when we do psychometry is to feel the answer within your, with your internal senses. Um, so it's when you ask the question, it's not necessarily that you use your, your uh, conscious mind or your analytical mind to dedu deduce the, uh, the answer. You actually uh, wait for your, your body to feel the answer. And that's, that's part of the challenge as well. Now, Maureen, finally, we get to you. <laughs> Hello. Um, I just want to thank you in advance um, for patiently, patiently listening to me since this is my first time here. And, um, but you got me at the questioning because ever since I was a child, I questioned everything. And um, I grew up Catholic and I, I, couldn't under, I couldn't understand how um, God could be so mean and, you know, after reading the Bible and stuff. And because I wasn't given an answer, and I couldn't find out, and I couldn't um, find out the answer myself. I just let it go. I just didn't want to read it because, like, nobody was going to talk to me and stuff. And it's interesting because the universe teaches me um, what it wants to teach me at the time that it wants to teach me. And I was going to a um, a course that I thought was gonna be on Ernest Holmes and it happened to be on the Bible. And one part of the Bible was with David and Goliath. And um, I was questioning myself, why am I having to read this? So I said, okay, I'll, I'll be a good student and I'll read it. Um, and I, I had to go to the beginning because the beginning was with Samuel and um, I'm, as I'm, as I'm, as we were talking in the, in the in the group, I kept on, you know, like when they were explaining what David, you know, how he got to the bigger guy. Like I kept thinking about the movie Troy, and um, I was kind of laughing, like how the universe is going to make me learn whether I want to learn it or not. That, you know, even though the bigger guy is. Uh, formidable you can still kind of overtake them but that's not my point so um I I said okay let me be good and I'll go on the internet and then there was Davy and Goliath and I, the little cartoon characters I don't know if you remember them but I loved that show I mean I would watch that every Sunday and you know like Davy would get into like little 
mischiefs and he'd have Goliath there to tell him not to do it. And then, you know, that you would correct the mistakes, very moral. And then when I found out about the real David and Goliath, I was traumatized. I was devastated. And um, I realized that at that moment, when I what was discovering and asking myself, like, why am I continuing this and, you know, questioning this and that, that I realized that this is when I became separated from the I am, from myself, from God. Like, I, I you know, that my separation came from the fact that, um, like Adam and Eve, when they took off the blindfold, they became adults and had to go out into the world. And I, I for me, was, it was traumatizing. And that's for my anxiety and stuff. But I would still question and delve and, you know, find more and more answers. And I've come to, I've come to um, realize that by my questioning, I can get to know really where um, a lot of my issues are coming from, although it may take a long time, as well as what my purpose is, because I still don't know what my purpose is and, and, and whatnot. But my also on the, uh, on the other side, I, I can question and be very, very skeptical. Like um, with relationships, I've, I, uh, I, I, I tend to you know, question, are they, uh, you know, is there something wrong with them or, or are they, uh, are they nutty? You know, it's like, I don't, you know, like I, 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 I question things, but when do you get to the point of just letting go and <clears throat> not, not just questioning, but just doing, does well, that make sense? Or questioning without being open to receiving the answers and taking action accordingly um, doesn't fulfill a purpose because then you're just it's like it becomes a uh, simplex communication where you're not open to the to the uh, to receive the answer right so you we have to be open to receive the answer and to then take action you know if we are living our life in a certain way and we start questioning it and we start getting answers that well actually you want you actually want to live your way this way and you still don't do it then you're creating misery for yourself aren't you yes i guess i mean yeah yeah because i can question like i'm in a situation um where i'm questioning whether I should continue to go through with this, although I've been trying to unblock the chakra that's preventing me from uh, moving forward. And also, and I, and I don't mean to correct, but I've been doing a lot of chakra therapy. And when you had said that the emotions come from the heart, it, re it really comes from below the, by your belly button, it's the color red. And that's where all your emotions lie. And above that is the solar plexus. And they think, because the emotions are all crazy, like they're, 
they're not in sorts. And then when you get the emotions together, then it goes into the heart um, chakra. Yeah, I was, I was talking uh, physically, not uh, energetically. Oh, I see. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's all right, Maureen. And... I, I, I apologize. No, no, no. And again, this is, you know, you're feeding information into the into the group here now and we can all take it to us and we cannot question how we look at things ourselves um so that's absolutely valuable to that you share your truth with us so that we get an opportunity to question our own truths you know whatever the truth that we hold regarding that you know where um, you know emotions sit in your body on your energetic body right so that's entirely valuable um so uh let's go to barbie and then uh, we can uh, see if there's any other feedback into that marie i was going to talk about the whole thing what she was saying in regards to religion because i think that a lot of people yeah. born into a particular religious programming then you have a certain need and what you were talking about before like with marriage and children i just wrote an insights about the fact that a lot of times people from different cultures, you know, in the past, if you were if you were Jewish or Catholic, you couldn't have children together because you didn't think about, you know, how were those children going to be raised? Were they going to be baptized? There were a lot of different things. And now that we're a globalist society, there are still old time cultures of, you know, traditions that want to be upheld. And then there are new traditions that want to be, you know, put into modern times too. So it's a, it's a difficult feed. And until people blend their families together, it doesn't become an issue. But I think that the programming part of it is really important because when you look at it, I know that I was raised traditional Christian and baptized as such, but I know that I did so many questions in the sense of where I remember going into my church and I, we used to have this beautiful, beautiful Italian crucifix statue that was lit up and I would go into the, into the church and it would be so warm. My heart would almost be like ET where it would be pulsating and I would be maybe 10 years old. And I would sneak off by myself because I just felt this presence that was so beautiful and I was so grateful. And I asked my pastor how it was possible that, you know, this, this feeling washed over me and it was so warm. And he was like, you don't feel that there's no heat in there. It's a cold room. I don't know what you're talking about. You shouldn't be in there by yourself. And it's like, okay. And then every question that I asked, it was just like, well, that's not in the book. Well, that's not here. Well, that's not part of it. Well, that's not what we're doing here. Well, that's not what, you know, like there's just no no acknowledgement of anything that deviated from the quote-unquote program and this was an episcopal church so it was that church of england kind of you know the catholic light and no shade on them but it was just something that and i was hungry for spiritual knowledge and i was actually the only one in my family that really continued to go but what i loved about coming into a spiritual practice that was my own was that my personal guides told me question everything only your experience is your determining factor everything else on the outer, every experience, everything written in a book, everything written in a book is someone else's experience of what their interpretation is of something. And that's great. And those are guideposts. And those are wonderful because if we all know that, you know, the heart is in the same spot because Leonardo da Vinci and other people were, you know, courageous enough to be able to dig up bodies, to be able to find how to do physiology, things like that. I mean, we don't really think about the fact that back in those days, you weren't allowed to cut up bodies or do medicine and things like that. But I think that staying in this beautiful space of the fact that 
the outer organization of anything is always going to be deficient because it's run by humans. But anything that's on the inner that you're focusing on whatever information you get personally and you continue to test it out and test it out and test it out and you make it experiential, that is your truth. That is literally your truth that you continue to update. And I think that is the most beautiful thing in regards to something that's allowed me to really, really grow in a facet because even if I look at books that are in a particular organization, I'll read part of it and I say, I don't agree with that. Don't agree with that. But yep, I agree with that. So it's always like one of my favorite quotes is you, you take the best and you leave the rest. You only take whatever works for you and whatever doesn't work for you. You walk away from it. You have to get the whole program. You don't have to buy in the whole thing. No. And that's part of the process of going from the external to your internal experience. So I think what you were referring to there as well, Barbie, is the, the, as we grow up, we are constantly told what we are, how we feel, what to do, et cetera, et cetera. So when we grow up and someone uh, challenges us or questions us, we've become triggered because we've been told that this is your reality and when when you start quest uh, when you start asking the questions to yourself what is my reality then you kind of unravel that whole system of programming that you grew up in and it, it to some people myself included it becomes quite uh, overwhelming because you are now unraveling this whole structure that you have built your own belief system on but when you start connect with your and this is all in the out there in the external world you know if i can see if i can hear if i can smell it, if i can taste it if i can feel it on my skin then it's real but when you start delving into the answers that rise up within yourself that become your own truth and your own experience this is where the having the experience yourself becomes so important as opposed to learning by proxy. You know, it's the difference between knowledge and wisdom. You know, the wisdom exists within yourself. Knowledge is something you gain from the outside. So I think the, uh, once we are, start asking questions and we challenge ourselves, others challenging us doesn't become so triggering either because we, we are building that process and the practice of questioning ourselves, then we welcome others to question us. You know, it, it, you know the whole, take the chakra system like Maureen was talking about, for example. Yes, I, I, I can feel my chakras, I can see them, I can feel them, but you know, Chinese medicine has a different uh, uh, point of view. They have the three energy system, uh, energy centers as opposed to the Vedic uh, seven uh, chakras. So it's, it's uh, different perspectives, but it's around the same experience, different truths. And then going into your own truth will then allow you to discover what is true to you, but you can only get there if you ask the question. Uh, Shazora, you had a question uh, you wanted to 
say something? Yeah, do you hand up for your... Uh, yes, yes. Um, I actually have to run, so I'm going to keep this, uh, keep this um, quick. All right. But I think in questioning everything, it can become overwhelming. And sure. so I've been thinking a lot about how you stay centered in some way. And I think it really comes down to knowing who you are. Whatever, whatever, at whatever level you are at that moment. Yeah. Um, so I guess the question is, how do we identify or create an identity that's true so that we can, I feel like this, this question comes first before the questioning, <laughs> is to figure out who you are as a person so that you don't get lost. Because my journey began when I was in college and I see in hindsight, I can see that I became lost because I wasn't grounded in who I was. And so because of that, you get pulled in different directions and you know, this, this new age spiritual path can be very, can be very windy and there's a, a, lot, a lot of unscrupulous characters or people with half truths. It's very easy to, to kind of fall into a kind of hole, you know? So yeah. isn't that, isn't that part of the process though? Maybe, but it's but it can also it can also cause it can, if you're young like I was, you can make some really bad decisions that end up getting hurt in the process and shut down completely. Which is what happened. For, so for 15 years, I was just shut down because I was, oh. yeah. So it it really actually stunted my growth because um, I got lost and and essentially I I got hurt in the process. And it's not that I I, I stopped believing in 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 the in the spiritual quest, it was more of a fear of what would happen if I continued on my own. Because, you know, 20 years ago, there wasn't a lot of support in this area. Sure. Now, you know, there's so many people. But back then, it was it was kind of wild, wild west, you know? Well, look, so, go, back, go back to Da Vinci so, and see how, many, how much support he had. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. But, so I guess, I guess that's what it, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, to me, it, it comes down to trust in the process right. that you perhaps you needed to go through all of that and shutting down etc because mm -hmm, i did the same mm -hmm. thing um mm -hmm. and then have that quote unquote awakening and perhaps you needed to experience the two sides to the coin in order to yes. gain that wisdom it's true it's true i I'm not, i can't argue with that because if all of that hadn't happened i wouldn't be so you I wouldn't, wouldn't be who you certainty. are today if you haven't yeah, experienced exactly. that. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't have so much certainty on, on being on this path because I've done it the other way and it did not lead, lead to good results either. No. So, <laughs> yeah, agree, so, agree. So I guess, yeah. yeah. So, so I think that then allows you to start questioning. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that becomes then actually a very important part. The shutting down actually becomes a very important mm -hmm. part of, of the process of uh, growth and your questioning. Because if mm -hmm. you don't know the mm -hmm. flip side, you don't know what, and it, you, you yes. won't even ask the question. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. So it's the, it's the um, I can't remember who invented the uh, expression, but the, the beautiful distraction, right? Yes, but Vision, I think, said that. Yeah, I think he got it from it uh, Ken Wilber or someone, someone but yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, th I think 
what you're say, saying, Shiazar, is, is something that a lot of us experience. It's we, we kind of have these stages in life and they are contrast mm. to each other. And it's when we kind of are able to look at both of them, then we can start asking questions like, oh, is that really how I want to live my life? Mm-hmm. Or is there another way of doing it, right? Mm. Yes. So I think yeah, that, right. that's it's part all, of the, the beauty. process. Yeah. The beauty of, and like Carol was saying before, you know, in Buddhism, there is this idea that there are only experiences. They are not, they are neither good or bad. Mm. They are experiences that lead you to where you are supposed to be. Mm. And yes, when we're in them and we're struggling, then yeah, absolutely. They, it's, it's less than fun, right? Yeah, yeah. But, but on the other side, you're so much more, you're so much more powerful and so much more stronger. Yeah, so we, we can always look back on our lives and say, oh, I wish I had done it this way. Yeah. But if I'd done it that way, where would, would I perhaps right. continue to be asleep today, you know? Right, right. If I lived a charmed life, I wouldn't have ended up, ended up questioning things, you know? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So then yeah. We, we can always, and th- this is what's exciting about it, you know, we can question everything. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. everything. So thank you for that, Shazar. That was uh, very sure. noble. Appreciate it. Thank Maureen, you. Maureen, go ahead. Oh my God, now I forgot what I was gonna say. Um, oh, I what I was gonna say is everything in my life, whether it was bad or it was good, and I mean, I was like a wild child and I started doing spiritual growth um, since I was like in my twenties. But everything that I've done led me to where I am today. And even though I've had some really bad struggles and I and I'm going through some bad struggles and challenges now, it's okay. You know, like everything is exactly the way it's supposed to be. And um and I think that as you get older you become more wiser because you're not busy thinking about the outside and what you have to have and you know like when I was younger it was like oh I gotta have this and I gotta have that and when you when you become for me when I became unattached I got so much more freedom and um of being able to experience things um in a much more uh I can't explain it, but there it is. I'm just gonna say that uh, I know we're getting close to the end and- Oh, don't worry about it. Time is uh, a construct on the way, so don't worry about it. I think that one of the things that's a beautiful thing is that most people who've been on the path of personal growth, they've been, they've been through so much that it allows them to have compassion for the human condition because they've seen the worst of people and they've seen the best of people. Mm-hmm. and. Be- that and then you still love them anyway so i mean i i love the movie the fifth element with uh lilu and she's supposed to sit there and help humanity and she's crying because she sees all those movies about 
all the war and all the things. And she's just like, you know, why should I do anything here to be able to help all these people? And it's like, you know, Bruce Willis is like, cause there's love and, and love is the most important power that there is on the, in the universe. And then, you know, from there, she's able to activate her abilities. And I think that that to me is almost like a formula. It's like, you have to have your heart broken open when you're younger and then you question everything. Yeah. But then if you pretty much, you add a really big dose of love onto that too, questioning everything and adding that love to me, that's a perfect recipe recipe for a life of evolving your entire life, because you can never go wrong with that. Because if you just continue to apply loving on the, you know what, when I was 20 something, I didn't know better. If you knew, if you know better now and you would do better now, then you've basically released that pattern. So yeah. you just continue to love yourself through the process. You love other people through their processes as well. And then as you just continue that questioning everything with a giant smattering of love with that too, I think you just, you can't lose that. That to me is a really beautiful recipe. Absolutely. And if you, if you remain in the constant pursuit of truth or your truth, then you end up going down that, uh, that path of realizing who you are and your, the value that you hold to yourself. So you, you, you kind of release that you, because you are in pursuit of your own truth. You do question everything and you, because you are questioning everything, you end up with, with the results of who, you know, essentially who you are and what's your authenticity. And that then allows you to see everybody else for who they are as well, right? Exactly. And the thing about it is you just heard my little Bengal Pharaoh just decide that he was going to, you know, do his little caterwaul. And mm -hmm. the thing about being the little exotic that he is, his truth is the fact that I'm a cat. And I'm going to be a cat. And I'm going to continue to be a cat. And if you expect me to be anything other than a cat, I'm going to disappoint you every single time because yeah. I'm a cat. Mm -hmm. and so if you just let people be cats and humans and be whoever they need to be, <laughs> then you'll be fine because you understand that, you know, oh, those are children. Yeah. Oh, those are cats. Oh, those are animals. Oh, those are this. And you can kind of just have that compassion of the fact that, you know, it's, it's just the consciousness level of where they are. And you don't need them to change other than the fact that you understand that that's what they are. Well, it's, it's uh, asking that question, like, what am I responsible for? And to me, realizing that I'm responsible for me and everybody else is responsible for themselves, that's liberating to me. You know, having that, ask that question and coming up with that answer and accepting that answer to say, you know what? Everybody has to experience their own life the way they're supposed to experience it, you know, have their own mistakes and so forth. Yeah. That does, and that then allows me to be a lot more uh, or less judgmental, which then allows for compassion to take place. And that's where that love for humanity can come through, right? Absolutely. So it's um, it questioning is easy, but to accept the answers and to implement them and to continue to question and change—that's the challenge, right? 
and oh. also patient and knowing that the answers aren't always going to come right away because yeah. that's the other in the 21st century we want instant gratification well, and we need to understand that you put out a question for something it might take a few years for something to uh, to evolve for an answer for yourself or something could come within a second so yeah. it's just literally open to the patience of the fact that the timing will be perfect for it to be re revealed to you as to what the truth is and in the meantime you just kind of i love that the concept of joyful expectation yeah. you have joy expectation and you sit in that energy knowing that all this beautiful stuff is going to come to you, but when and where, that's that's totally not up to you. Well, that goes back to what Carol was saying before when we were talking about being content in the present moment, right? Yep, absolutely. So if you're content in the present moment, you will have the, all the patience in the world, world to uh, wait for that other thing to appear because you, you are perfectly happy and you're perfectly content in the... Uh, present moment which is now 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 right and so forth and so forth uh, yeah in some cases yeah you ask the question and you have to wait lifetimes to uh, get the answer so <laughs> patience is definitely a, a key ingredient in that success formula thank you for that Bobby. i don't think this discussion was meant to make it easier for anybody but to uh, perhaps understand a little bit more of the importance of questioning and uh, know that we all go through it and we all have responsibility in it so thank you everybody for joining in today and for the wisdom and uh, for bringing your best to the party as it were so thank you everybody and have a great day well, i certainly hope you found that challenging and inspirational and if you come away from this discussion having asked yourself only one question, then we've achieved a goal. That is the start of the process for you. And as I mentioned before, the uh, beauty of asking yourself a uh, question is that uh, your mind is compelled to give you an answer. So you get an answer and then perhaps you find yourself asking another 10 questions and now you find yourself evolving and developing. Now if you find this of interest in terms of your own personal involvement and development and you want to work on this in a structured way uh, why don't you head over to the alchemyexperience.co.uk and uh, click on the link to schedule a 30-minute free consultation with us to see if uh, perhaps our workshops might be the place for you to start this process within yourself so that website address again is thealchemyexperience.co.uk And I hope to see you over there, if nothing else. I uh, hope to see you at the next uh, podcast. In the meantime, take care of yourself and enjoy.